So I wanted to talk about a study that I don't think tells us anything that uh, most of us wouldn't know, but it is that lockdowns impose lifelong costs, certainly on the kids. And um, this is something that, you know, certainly premiers, politicians in this country, they were warned. They were warned about the evidence of long-term harms. And, you know, here in Ontario, the Ford government ignored it, kept our schools down long, locked down longer than any other jurisdiction in the world outside of China. Your kids lost at least 135 school days. We're talking 27 in-school weeks of school. Um, and, and the closures ignored the evidence. You know, children were at low risk of getting this or dying of COVID. Um, you know, stopping schools and shutting them down didn't stop spread. And so a lot of people, you know, we've had no government looking into this. But the Fraser Institute did, which is where we find Paige McPherson, Associate Director of Education Policy over at the Fraser Institute. Good to have you. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Alex. You know, there's clearly no political will uh, at any level to hold an inquiry to find out what they did wrong, which is a lot during the pandemic. Um, and we really haven't had any data or care about kids in education and, and the costs of, of what they paid until really, I think, now we're starting to get it. Yeah, you actually, you make a really good point about how it is, it's kind of scandalous how there really has not been any kind of official inquiry, anything looking into this. There's really actually been no official national accounting of just how much time kids lost in the classroom as a result of school closures. And, you know, as you said, yes, we we know now that children were at vanishingly low risk when it comes to their physical health from COVID-19. We know that um, that school closures, well, we don't know really if school closures did much to, to slow the spread and slow the transmission of, of COVID-19. And we know that there were significant harms imposed on kids. And, and our paper does look at that in terms of the mental health impacts the severe absenteeism when kids are out of school more than they're in school um, and how some of this has actually compounded and gotten worse even following the school closures and of course of the learning loss that um, that we've heard about in Ontario schools that, that Ontario kids are facing but I think like the, the key question that we wanted to ask in this paper was were governments truly doing the best they could with no information or with the information that they had at the time, or did they actually know this stuff quite a bit earlier? And what we found when we did both the review on the epidemiological side of the question and then on the potential harms of school closures for kids, uh, they actually knew quite a bit quite early on, and yet they closed schools right into 2022. Oh, uh, Paige, they'd still be closed. You know, they'd have us still masked up. If they could get away with it, Mr. Villa would be out there saying, mask up. You know, they got supreme pushback, I guess, in the last time because they wanted to close down longer. It was so utterly ridiculous. And parents know exactly the damage that has been done to their kids. And they're either dealing with it on their own, trying to navigate mental health systems that don't offer nearly any kind of support that that they need, or, or they're trying to figure out the managing of learning loss, which, you know, they're paying for tutors or putting their kids in private school, whatever. Parents are doing it on their own because... If the government were at all serious, they would have done these studies immediately or they would have had, you know, plans in place to deal with it immediately. And they didn't. 
Right. One of the things as well that when we were looking at, for example, the mental health impacts and we look, there's multiple surveys that were done by Statistics Canada, Mental Health Commission of Canada, CAMH in Toronto, the Centre for Addictions and Mental Health. One of the consistent things that we found was that uh, youth were the demographic in these surveys that were done that were facing the most severe anxiety. So they they were the lowest health risk, but Mm -hmm. they were actually facing the most severe anxiety and also that their anxiety and the mental health problems that they were facing peaked a lot later, 2021 and 2022, rather than people who actually the oldest demographics that were surveyed tended to have the lowest levels of severe anxiety self-reported. And it peaked much earlier on when there was that uncertainty. So those mental health impacts just like the learning loss impacts, and we knew ahead of time that lost classroom days do impact children um, if for, on a lifetime basis, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're if you're missing school, um, that you're 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 losing those effective years of schooling. That compounds to mean um, years of uh, your income. You're going to lose income over your lifetime, and then it compounds even further. That's a that's a loss of GDP as a whole for a society. So so it's really the kids, and that's why you know we we titled this paper the forgotten demographic because it's the kids who were forgotten seemingly by governments who knew or at least should have known about um, the data that was available that COVID was uh, of low physical health risk to children. Um, If we're being really generous, it was very clear by December 2020 that that children were at almost no health risk of COVID. There was also no good evidence that school closures would stop the transmission of COVID-19, and we still don't have good data showing that they actually worked in that way. But And there was clear evidence that this um, this lost classroom time does have yeah. these negative impacts on kids. So it's kind of common to sense, answer the question, right? Yeah. right did, did they do the best uh, with no information? Um, no, they, they did not allow the data to reform, inform their response. No, they had all these wonderful experts who became experts overnight and listened to them shriek like hyenas and listened to them for politics. Look, I'm out of time, Paige, but I'm so glad you looked into this because it is scandalous that it has not been delved into and um, and the repairing started. But uh, it's not over with the conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. That is uh, Paige McPherson, who is part of this report with the Fraser Institute. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone. And for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.